Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. All right, great. So, um, yeah, I did want to pray a little different to start because I need your help. Um, Something about this message, normally it's relatively easy. I mean, it's never easy to get up in front of people and share a message, but relatively easy for me normally, and this time it has not been. So I just wondered if you would pray for me and with me when we start. So how I want to do that is uh, stand up, go like this, engage your body for a moment, whatever feels good. Okay, now if you would, pray with me and repeat after me. Father God, God. allow my heart to hear what you want to say, and let Bill's mouth say what you want to say. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can sit down. I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> so uh, this morning's been great already. It's always great to be with you guys in worship. I really appreciate what Kathy shared when she came up at the beginning of worship about a paradigm shift. And I feel like maybe that's why I've felt some resistance getting ready for this, is that maybe Um, this is something we really need. Maybe this is something, um, you know, our enemy opposes this month. We're doing, the series is called Greater Than, Choose to Live Greater Than Average. Um, So this, you're going to be hearing things about being influential, making a difference, living out your purpose and your calling, walking in authority, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that we don't wage war against flesh and blood in this Christian life, but against spiritual stuff my paraphrase version, right? So there's spiritual stuff going on, whether we realize it or not, and a lot of that is our God, our, the Holy Spirit inside of us, which is all good and wonderful and amazing. There also are uh, spiritual influences in this world we live in that come from, not from God. And so just press with me through this, and uh, I think there's something good on the other side. So enough about that. All right, influential and set apart. Today's talk is going to be about Daniel um, not Adrian's brother, Daniel, although he's great too. We're going to look at Daniel from the Bible. He's got a whole book um, about him and his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've probably heard of them. Um, so we're going to look at Daniel, and it's going to be really good. And when I looked at the life of Daniel, these were the two character traits or qualities that I saw in some of the stories about him. He was a very influential guy. He ended up serving the king of Babylon, who basically ruled the world the known world, the whole world at that time. Um, And he was very influential in in not only um, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, but also kings who came after him. Um, He was a wise man and a trusted advisor of the king. And um, he was also set apart. And we'll talk about what that means a little more as we get into it here. So has anybody here, raise your hands. I want to keep the participation going. If you've ever worked for a tough boss, all right. Anybody have bosses in the room? You don't have to raise your hand in that case because I don't want, you know, plead the fifth. That's okay. <laughs> Has, have you ever had, okay, let me look at this section. Have you ever had a really tough teacher in class or professor? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you guys can say two. Thank you. Um, or parent. Don't raise your hands on that one. They're probably here. <laughs> I never had a tough parent, Mom. Don't worry. She's here. Love you, Mom. Okay. Um, or have you ever felt like 
where I'm at in life doesn't seem fulfilling. Like, this is not my purpose in life, what I'm doing today. This job, this set of classes I'm in this semester, or, you know, wherever you're at, this doesn't feel significant. Anybody ever feel that way once in a while? You don't want to admit it? Okay, I know you have. (laughs) We all do at some point, right? Have you ever had trouble with your peers where you feel like you don't fit in or like they're making fun of you or they're on your case or giving you a hard time? Anybody ever? Not the peers here. I'm sure it's other places. I'm sure it's other places. I've experienced all three of those. Uh, about a year ago, I was dealing with a tough boss. Luckily, the Lord, the Lord provided he was fired. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have a tough boss anymore, and that's great. It's so much better, but I've been there. I've I've worked jobs. I worked for three and a half years. I worked in a basement. And there were times when I would go to work in the morning when it was dark. And I would come out at the end of the day and it was dark. Just like that. Oh, you don't see it. Back there it went dark right when I said that. That was crazy. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and that felt a little down. I felt a little down going to work when it was dark, coming out when it was dark, working in a basement. There were negative people, tough to work with, tough to work for. And it was kind of like, this is not my destiny and calling. (laughs) This feels hard and awful. Luckily, God prevailed and I moved on. (laughs) But I went through that season. And uh, yeah, I've had a hard time with peers at at work and at school and times. So I've experienced all three. I bet if you look back over the years, you have two at some point. So why do I ask you that question? Well, Daniel dealt with all of these things, and we'll look at the details, but he worked for a foreign king who conquered his country, pretty awful, put Daniel into his service, so he is literally working for the enemy. A lot of people believe that uh, when you work for the king and when you're like on his little council or whatever, maybe because the king feels threatened, but you are typically a eunuch, means, you know what that means. So, uh, not great for Daniel. Not great. Um, he probably didn't grow up in Israel. He was, we'll see this, he was a nobility. He was a handsome guy. He was kind of like, had it all going for him in Israel. He probably didn't envision his life going the way of, hey, I'm going to move to Babylon and serve a foreign king and not live with my own family in my own country, not raise my own family, not have my own legacy. Probably didn't feel like his destiny and calling, but there he found himself in it. Later on, we find he had trouble with his peers, with the whole lion's den thing, which we're not going to look at in detail today, short on time. But, right, basically people, other advisors of the king plotted against him to get him thrown into a lion's den. Wow, I thought I had peer trouble. Sheesh. All right. So as we look at Daniel, he's gone through all this same stuff, and he is this great model for us of how to handle it. That's why he's in the Bible. (laughs) One of the reasons he's in the Bible is to show us what do you do when you're in a place that you don't like, when you work for somebody you don't like, when everybody around you seems to be against you. Well, the things that rise to the top for me when I look at his story is how influential he was and how he was set apart. All right, so let's look at these two traits. What are they and are they for us all? So influential to me is making God known and modeling God's ways. Simple? Too simple or good simple? Thank you, Jemmy. I was hoping you would answer while I took a drink. Good, simple, she said. I agree. Good word. All right. So making God known 
and modeling God's ways. We find it in the Great Commission in Matthew. Go and make disciples of all nations. Make him known. You know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's modeling his ways, teaching his ways. And then he ends with, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Which is a beautiful segue. Thank you, Jesus. He said it. And thank you, Jesus, because he's God. Okay. I'm with you always is relationship. And I think set apart, the set apart thing we see in Daniel, it's, you could call it relationship, right? It's kind of this element of relationship with God, which is so, so critical. And there's this whole holiness thing. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But in 1 Peter, we see it says, be holy because God is holy. The verse is up there. You can read the rest, right? God is pure, totally, utterly pure. That's what holy means. He cannot even be in the presence of evil. He's so holy. In the presence of uncleanness, right? And you may go, oh, shoot, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm aware of my own sin. Oh, well, Jesus made a way so that we can be holy and be in God's presence. But then that's the start of our relationship with God is going, you know what? I fell short. Jesus, I need you. God, I want a relationship with you for my whole life. You make me holy. I can't make myself holy. I'm not going to try to earn that. I'm going to receive it as a gift. And then you start a lifelong relationship with God. And part of it is, let's stay as connected to God as we possibly can. And what gets in our way is when sin creeps back up. Luckily, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So you can get reconnected. You can get reconnected. But the goal is to not lose connection. And so that's what this be holy thing is all about. And that's what we'll see in Daniel. He does certain things to be holy, to be set apart from things that would make him unclean, things that would take away from his relationship with God. So do what it takes to stay connected. Was that third bullet up there? I didn't want you to miss that third bullet. Bullets are great, aren't they? I mean, the ones on the slideshow, not like the shooting ones. Okay, moving on. Let's look at Daniel. So I kind of already set the scene, right? Daniel's this guy in Israel, got it all going, Rico Suave of the nation, right? Hey, I'm Daniel. All right, and then along comes Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon and conquers Israel. And it says in in the first chapter of Daniel, the king ordered the chief of his court officials, you pronounce the name on your own, um, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. That's how we know Daniel was noble right there, right? Young men without any physical defect. That's how we know he was handsome. Handsome, that's how we know he was handsome too. (laughs) Right? showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Daniel was the man, right? Adrian's Daniel and Daniel in the Bible were the man. Go Daniel. All right, Uh, and then what are we going to do with them? Okay, this guy the king assigned was going to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, and they were to be trained for three years, and after that, enter the king's service. So he's kind of laying out this plan, like, hey, I'm King Nebuchadnezzar. I understand everything, and I got a plan for my kingdom. Take this nation we conquered, take their best and their brightest, and put them in this three-year program to indoctrinate them into our culture, to train them even better, because we're even better than they are, of course, and then they're going to enter my service, right? So this is what's happening to Daniel. Eunuch along the way. Yikes. Poor Daniel. All right, so we said this. Daniel was the man. And here's what happens. His nation is conquered. It says in another spot, the temple was pillaged. 
He's taken captive to serve the foreign king, put into this three-year program, stripped of all good, expectations shattered, life ruined, right? Now what? Well, let's see what he does. We're going to pull out, we're going to read little parts of the story of Daniel, and we're going to pull out what we see him doing with that situation. And I hope what you'll do is go, man, here's what Daniel did. So when I feel like that, I'm going to try to do that too, see how it works out. It's in the Bible. That's good, right? All right. So uh, the first thing we see, Daniel's starting this indoctrination program. He's going to get food from the king's table, wine from the king's whatever, wineskins, right? And that's part of the food that he's going to have. Well, for him, that's defiling. And defiling means something that makes you unclean, and you've got to go through this whole process in the Old Testament to be made clean again, to be able to be reconnected with God and able to go into the temple and whatever, whatever, right? Without getting too theologically deep on it, right? So he goes, oh, I'm going to resolve not to defile myself with this king's food and wine. He was resolved to protect his relationship with God. Point number one. Did you get that in your notes? See, furiously scribbling. Oops, I think it went two slides there. Right? So here's what he does. He's like, I'm resolved to not wreck my relationship with God, not to be far off from God. I want to protect this thing that's dear to me. And so he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. God caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, the king would have my head because of you. Please test your servants for 10 days, Daniel says. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And so the commander guy agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. And here's the big point. Honor paves the way for influence. Do you see where Daniel says, it says he asked permission not to be defiled in this way? And when he speaks directly to the head honcho guy, he's like, please test your servants in this for 10 days. So he didn't like, complain about like oh my gosh a doctrination shadrach you gotta hear this i can't believe what he's making us do he's making us eat this food this is so horrible we're gonna be defiled <laughs> he didn't like turn into a slug on the couch and just give up but he's like you know what i'm resolved and even though this guy is a foreign dude who just conquered the land and put me into the service and unified me is that a word he actually shows him honor you know, he's like, he asks permission. He says, please test your servants in this just for 10 days. Just give us a trial period. And honor paves the way for influence. If he had come really adversarial to this awful boss, or he'd been all complaining in his heart with his awful boss and not honoring, do you think the boss would have heard him out? Would he have been open to hear what Daniel had to say? Would he be open to the idea? I think maybe not. And so we see how honor opens the door so people want to hear what we have to say. They want to hear the idea or the other way to do life. Good? If it was good, go like this. Now go like this just to stretch a little. You're not saying no to me. Just Okay, good. All right. Later on, what's next? What do we see next? So this is kind of like what happens during the three-year program. It says uh, there's a lot of thems in this little section. That means Daniel. Them means Daniel plus Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his buddies. The fiery furnace guys, but we're not going to get there today. So it says, God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. In every matter of wisdom and understanding, the king found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. 
All right? So this is the summary of what happens over the three-year period. And the point that I hope you'll pull out is relationship releases favor, right? Daniel set the tone right at the beginning. I'm not going to be defiled. I value relationship with God. I'm in it, right? And we don't see exactly what his day-to-day life was like throughout the three years. But we can guess because later in the lion's den story, he prays three times a day, even when the king sets a decree that says, whoever prays to any god but the king will be thrown in lion's den. So if that was his practice then, we could probably infer that was his practice now. Relationship released favor over Daniel and his buddies, right? All of this understanding, the ability to interpret dreams, understand visions, comes out of this relationship. And I would propose to you today, men and women of New Day, that there are two kinds of favor in Daniel's life. God's unmerited favor, the miraculous understanding of miracles and dream stuff, the lightning bolt favor, and also the fruits of his labor favor. Say that ten times. The fruits of his labor was favored. Right? Daniel worked at the three-year program. He was taught all this literature and stuff from another nation, which when he was back home, he would have said, that's ridiculous. I don't care about that stuff. And actually, it's ungodly. It's not, you know, we're God's special people, God's chosen nation. Our learning is the right learning, the learning that comes from God. And yet here he is three years applying himself to learn that stuff. So much so that the king, who thinks that stuff is important, goes, wow, you're ten times better than my best. Pretty cool. So he put all of his effort into something he didn't care about. To serve a king he probably could have hated pretty easily. Wow, spectacular. So this relationship... This working at stuff in relationship with God gives us something to offer when you have the opportunity to influence. Building up stuff to be influential with. And we'll see what Daniel does when his moment comes. All right. I got to set this tone. Don't read ahead yet. Oh, let me turn it back. (laughs) You guys get extra credit for reading those slides before I get to them. Okay, so a little later on. What happens later on? I lost my train of thought. Nebuchadnezzar, good old Nebi, there's Nebi, thinking of plans again, and uh, actually he has a dream. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he's like disturbed by this, he's like, I want to know what this dream means, this dream is crazy. We won't get into the dream, what it is, what it means, and all of that, but what comes out of it, is he goes to all of his wise dudes who serve him, and he's like, I want you to tell me what this dream means, but I'm not going to tell you what the dream was. Huh? Tough challenge, right? And they're like, oh my goodness. Oh, King Nebi, please just tell us what it was and we'll interpret it for you. And he's like, no, I know you guys. You're just trying to give me what I want to hear. You got to tell me what it is and what it means. And if you can't, I'm going to put you all to death. Woo-hoo-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> so that's where we pick up this verse. Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone to put to death the wise men of Babylon. Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. There's that honor thing again. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? And Arioch explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Again, he's asking for time. King Nebi, will you please give me some time? There's a little bit of honor. All right, so then just a couple verses later, he goes back to his buddies, Shad, Mish, and Abed, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he urged them. He said, plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that, so that we can get the answer, right? So that 
we won't be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And so they go into this all-night prayer fest, and during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, and Daniel praised the God of heaven. So we see again this relationship thing, where Daniel, in the heat of craziness, runs to God for the answer. He's going back to that relationship. He's seeking out God. All right, so he gets back the next morning. He goes to the king. He's like, hey, all right, thanks for the time. Here I am. And the king asks Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, this is his big moment. Ready? Remember, three years, he's building up all this stuff to be influential. Here comes his, his chance to be influential before the king himself. And what does Daniel say? No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Wow, amazing. So here we see that influence coming out of relationship. Influence flows from that relationship, right? And that relationship, that, that set-apartness, that spending time with God, that being connected to God enables Daniel to jump at the opportunity to influence, to have those words locked and loaded and ready to rock, right? He said, here's what I learned from my time with God. There's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and here's what he said to you. And after... He tells King Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of the dream and what it was. The king says to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. I had a reading moment there, but I got through it. Right? So, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges God as God, you know, for the first time in the story. That's when, the, that's when it happens. And then he gives Daniel more influence, more favor. And so we see what we draw out is God gets glory by our influ influence when we do it right, when we follow this model. God gets glory. And we see that when we do it right, when we are influential in God's way, influence leads to more influence. And so I just wanted to plug... We've got this great speaker coming in in two weeks, Marilee Menser, <laughs> my wonderful wife. She's going to talk about walking in the authority of your calling. And that's what influence leads to more influence is all about. So there's your teaser. There's your plug. Influence leads to more influence. And that's going to be awesome. Learning how to walk in that, develop that, and go with that. All right, one more thing from Daniel, all right? We're getting close. Stick with me. There's a lot of verses, a lot of stories. All right, so uh, the very end here, Daniel's got all this stuff lavished on him by the king. And it says, moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So we see that Daniel said, hey, king, this stuff's great. Thank you so much. Um, can I bring my buddies along with me? Can you, can you honor these guys too? They're great too. And so we see that influence, when we're doing it God's way, we take the opportunity to bring others along with us. You know, he didn't, he's kind of mentoring these guys, right? He's the one who came back and urged them. He's kind of the leader of the pack of these four Israelites there in Babylon. And he's bringing them along to greatness with him as he rises to the top. All right, so here's our bullets. Jordan, you can come if you'd like. Um, <clears throat> The things that we've seen in the life of Daniel, in summary, 
He protects relationship. That's that set apart thing. He protects his relationship with, the God, with his God. Um, he abstains from things that would detract from his relationship with God. He does certain things that enhance his relationship with God. And we see him using honor toward people that we would have a hard time honoring. And honor paved the way for influence. We see how relationship releases favor and how when we influence out of relationship, God gets the glory. And that God cares that we bring others with us if he gives us more and more influence. All right, time for application. I hope you would uh, maybe write down or like um, take a phone note or mental note of like one thing. I hope you could take one thing away from today that you want to do based on what you've learned. And so here's some questions that you can use to maybe generate that thing. You can ask yourself, you know, how can I be set apart? Are there things I need to do regularly that I'm not doing now? Or are there things that I need to abstain from? Things that other people in my circle at work, at school do that I need to not do to protect relationship with God? And then maybe look at your influence. Are there things you need to do to prepare to influence? What do you got to get locked and loaded so when you have a chance to be influential in somebody's life, it's there and it's ready? You know, are there things that are detracting from your influence? You know, complaints. It's very, very common to be at work or at school and have complaints, especially if you are in a place that doesn't feel like an exciting purpose, calling, or destiny right now, or you work for somebody really difficult. Do you need to set aside complaint or bad attitude or giving up or hopelessness so that you can be influential where you're at? So I'm going to pause and give you a moment if you're writing down to write down or if you're taking mental note to chisel in the stone of your mind the thing that you want to work on for a bit and then we'll pray. your mental pens are stopping <laughs> but let's pray father god thank you so much for the example of daniel that you've given us a guy who probably had it worse than than we do and yet he modeled amazing stuff you know he was he stayed connected to you and i definitely would have given up god and i definitely would have had a bad attitude he had a good one i just thank you for that example god Thank you that you're a forgiving God, that if I uh, screw it up, if I get complaining or whining or down, that you're willing to forgive if I say I'm sorry, and that you have put your Holy Spirit into me to help me to live the way that we've seen modeled in Daniel. God, I pray that you would help us to stay connected to you all the time. And God, I pray that you would help us to um, take advantage of every opportunity you give us to be influential, to make you known and to model your ways to others, God, to make you known to people who don't know you, to make you known to people who do know you in ways they haven't met you yet, and to help people see what it means to live in relationship with you, God. And I just pray a blessing over each person here today, Father God, 
that you would grow the influence of these folks here at New Day, God. That where they work, where they go to school, where they hang out, the hobbies that they do, God, that you would make their influence greater as they um, just step out to be influential for you and in your way, God. I pray that you'd bring them increase and favor and give us opportunity to bring others along as you, as you do that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. I think that went pretty good. Thanks for your help.